Welcome to the world of fiction, where we're lying, but that's okay. One prepared host, two neurodivergent nerds, two authors dig deeper into the lies that expose truths. If you're a fan of fiction with a curious mind, tune in each week for discussions on speculative worlds, fandom, the industry, and creating. So to anybody who ends up listening to this later, this is Session Zero of J.S. Garrity and Ludlow Adams, uh, probably loosely titled, Trying to Figure Out What in the World We're Going to Do. <laughs> yeah, titles. I've brainstormed some that are just like the beginnings of ideas that would need to be like tweaked and refined, but... Um, one idea I had was, like, conversations with a pantser and a plotter. <laughs> so it's like the one prepared host idea, but in writer terms. Yeah, yeah. Um, another one was commentary you didn't ask for from a couple of authors. And another one... We're lying, but that's okay. As a um, play on fiction, I I like all of those. <laughs> um, so we just need to decide which one we <laughs> to. What if we use one of them? Direction. Yeah. What if we use one of them as a tagline? Like we're lying, but that's okay. Along with one yeah. one prepared host or something. Yeah. Maybe we just we we put a period between them and go from there. Yeah. Um, one tagline I created from the one prepared host was one prepared host, one flying by the seat of his pants. Um, which gives more information about like how many hosts there are. There's two of them. One prepared flying by the seat of his pants. I kind of like um, that. Mm-hmm. So the title being We're Lying But That's Okay. And then tagline What do you think? Just keep it short at the one prepared host? Yeah. Or... Should it be longer if it's a tagline? One prepared host. Um, maybe, maybe something about neurodivergent and and you know trying to figure out this writing journey. Mm-hmm. Um, or neurodivergent nerds, or I don't know anything along those lines. One prepared host to to something that I gotta write it to neurodivergent nerds, and that looks cool written because it has the two ends in a row. Okay, I think. Okay, we're lying, but that's okay. One prepared host, two divergent nerds. I like it. Yeah, I, I like it too. Okay, so... I'm going to share my screen. Okay. This is the first thing we're going to want to do. Can you see the Google Create account? Yep. Okay. So first we want to make the email so we can make our RSS feed. So first name, we could, I mean, we're lying could be our like shortened 
name for the podcast for when shorter things are necessary. And we could do for the last name Adams and Gary. Okay. Let's see if it lets us do that. <laughs> okay, username. Maybe one prepared host. Yeah. I think it just kind of sticks out. Yeah. Okay. Password. Something easy for both of us to remember. Um. Maybe like an inside joke or something that something from a shared experience that other people, the public, wouldn't have been privy to. Um, we'll have to remember to bleep all this out. Yeah, we'll have to. (laughs) I don't understand. Why did we lose control of our uh, Gmail address? No idea. Okay. We could set up a Google Voice number. Let us do that later. I'm sure it will. Okay. Recovery email. We should hopefully be able to do two recovery emails. For now, I'll put mine. Okay. And we will add yours. Birthday. September 28th. Can we do today? Yeah, I think we have to make it think we're over 18, though, and not a newborn. So we could do 1922. (laughs) Okay. Gender custom. Um, Duplicitous. Oh, that's good. That's always nice. Ah. Oh, maybe it is working. I hope so. It would be nice to, you know, be able to get this done. Yeah. Don't do this to me. Please. Max got after me for not updating Chrome, and I updated Chrome, and now everything's taking forever to load. Mm. So I'm mad at him for making me update. (laughs) Everything was just fine before the update. (laughs) Yeah, that's just the way it goes. I don't know if it's a bug in the update, but he's not having issues on his computer. Google Chrome say 13. I only have three tabs up. Why does it say there's a million tabs up? Weird. I have to ask Max about that. It's good that we have our own built-in tech support. Yeah. Although I already feel I already feel sorry for him. He said he's enjoying it, so that's good. Okay. I mean, he's nerdy with it. It's what he loves to do. And he says it's nice to have a project doing something cool, like podcast stuff. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Because I kept saying, like, if it's too much, you can just teach me how to do it. And he was like, Janae, it's not a problem. I'm, I'm fine. Doesn't bother me. I'm not annoyed. 
That's good. That's really good. Said nothing's loading again, and he just replied, "Shit, that's it." <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Big help. Big help there, husband. Yeah. Oh, it loaded. It just took for freaking ever. Yeah. Okay, this is gonna get funny. We're lying. Finish up sending your new Google account. Hi. Up on the network. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> He's letting me use his hotspot. Mm. Hopefully that works better. Okay, so let's just use the same password. Launch your podcast in minutes. We're we're not quite there, but <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure it out as we go. Yeah. Yay! Okay. The account is made. Okay, yeah, we can put this in. So title. Here. Flying. Do we want to include the tagline with the title? Or just put it in the description? I think put it in the description. I like that we're lying, but that's okay. Oh, yeah, you're right. It was we're lying, that's okay. Okay, what else do we want to put in our description? I don't know, it just makes me so... giggle, as is. <laughs> One prepared host, two divergent nerds. Um... <laughs> Exploring the world of authorship or writing or something like that. Exploring the world of a fiction or Yeah. Yeah. Exploring the world of fiction from the perspective showing the, exploring the world of fiction. Conversations with two authors think aloud and explore the world of fiction. I think one of the things about oh go ahead um, writing it consuming it the last one should be a word for like being a fan adoring it loving it okay what were you going to say Oh, I think we should be really open. Like, hey, we're both working on our MFAs. This is where we're at. You know, JS has actually written a book where I'm a slag. You know, stuff like that. But oh, I don't think we need to do that in the, the thing. Oh. We should put at least put our author names in it, though, right? For Yeah. So people can find us easily. Well, for the long-term platform building, it makes a lot of sense to do that. Yeah. Should we put in speculative fiction to narrow 
our podcast audience? Um, maybe like an emphasis on speculative fiction. Yeah. Yeah. Because obviously we can like diverge from that sometimes. Yeah. But in order to get the right audience, I think. Yeah, and in order for our audience to know what we're talking about, like going right. into it, I mean, our audience is going to be really smart. Um, so, I I don't expect we're going to have any issues along there. But them knowing what you know what it is, saying what it is on the tin is always a nice thing. Yeah. Two authors think aloud about exploring the world of speculative fiction, writing it, consuming it, adorning hosts Wilbur Adams and Jenny Garrity. A lot of the descriptions that I saw when I was looking at podcast titles were fairly short. Okay. So I think that's okay. We can always add more. Yeah. Yeah, and we can, of course, adjust the tagline, description, whatever. Whatever we need to do. I think keeping it closer to the, the title might be a good idea. Okay. We are lying. I think that's okay. Just we are lying. Yeah. Can't do the apostrophe. So I feel like. Yeah. It's less cringy to do the R rather than were. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm good with that. Um, are we going to include explicit content? I'm sure sometimes it's going to come flying out of our mouths. Yeah, like, I mean, explicit oh. meaning language, for sure. Okay. And you know what? Like, if we're covering fictional material, there's often explicit content. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Like if we ever did a podcast on Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, we should come up with a logo. No, that's not what I wanted. I could always ask a buddy of mine. He owes me a couple of drawings to do something. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Like, maybe the two of us or something. I think it should be, like, really fantasy-leaning. Okay. Like, not necessarily a dragon, but evoking the same thing as a dragon. Um, just... For the purpose of attracting that kind of a fan base, the nerdy fantasy okay. fans. Does that make sense? Yeah. Of course, I'm not a marketing expert, but <laughs> I just, looking at at some of the art used um, on the podcasts, the ones that were like about writing were really clean like these ones all are mm -hmm. and businessy looking and the ones that were like more entertainment were cooler and more uh, more like what you might find on like Pat Rothfuss's website that's like super um fantasized like artwork some kind of 
fantasy symbol. Something like this, but, you know, where it's very clearly, you can just look at the picture and you see, oh, this is fantasy of some kind. Um, okay. I'll see. I'll see if he's interested. Okay. Do you agree with that, or... I do. I, do I like the idea. Should... Part of me is, like, maybe getting... Turning the two of us into Pinocchios. With our noses growing. Oh my gosh! I love that idea. <laughs> I think that could be fun. That would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. That would be really cool. Okay, let's use the Pinocchio idea as plan A. Okay. And if we have to design it ourselves um, for now, then we can do something easier for us to build, like using the icons and stuff that are available. Okay. Which would be, like, I bet we could find um, some kind of fantastical creature or, like, shield or I don't know. But yeah, let's do Pinocchio for plan A. Okay. Author details. Let's see if it lets us do both. Copyright notice. So, can we? I don't know much about copyright. Can we say Adams and Garrity 2022? Yeah, if that's what we want to go, yeah. just do fiction no you have to um, oh we can do more than one category maximum of three okay so fiction that might be more for like if your podcast is fictional yeah because okay books Aviation. Society and culture. They're going to let us just do. No, you can't type your own. TV and film. Okay, what do you think? Yeah, I'm good with it. Okay, and primary category books. Probably, right? Yeah. And we have an RSS feed. Yay! Wow, it just got so much more real all of a sudden. Yeah, it did. <laughs> that's awesome. We're lying, but that's okay. With Ludlow Adams and J.S. Garrity. Oh, so I guess we don't need to have our the posts in the description, do we? Oh, that's cool. Okay. So let's... 
host, Two Divergent Nerds, two authors think aloud about exploring the world of speculative fiction, writing it, consuming it, adoring it. I like it. That's awesome. Okay. So I'm going to stop sharing. Um, Max keeps asking, but what do you talk about? And I'm like, well, just anything our audience would be interested in. And he's like, okay, but what? <laughs> like, you need some kind of, like, parameters or limitations. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, just, you know, like, exploring different topics and, you know, I'll prepare it. And then John will, you know, join in and do more of, like, improvisation thing. He's like, okay, but what are, like, what <laughs> kinds of topics are you going to be doing? So... I think if we stick to one like general idea with the caveat that we can stray from that mm -hmm. a little bit if we want to. Yeah, absolutely. So that when somebody says, what's your podcast about? Then we can have just like a one sentence answer for them, like an elevator pitch. Yeah. Um, so the the first series that I have the idea for the surprise will for you will be which one we're covering in this series but the first series I thought about is um exploring TV and film adaptations mm -hmm. and going into what changed, why we think those changes were made, if we agree with the changes. Um, you know, kind of like, for example, like we can defend the like Rings of Power series against the, the racists <laughs> and the people who are mad about it and like actually dig into, okay, this is what's in the Cimmerillion and this is what they used, but to make it work for tv these are the changes and decisions they have to make and we think it works because of this or we think it didn't work because of this um so i think like tv adaptations would be a sort of hot topic in the fantasy world right now mm -hmm. in the fiction speculative fiction world right now sure a lot of them are being made and people have a lot of opinions about them um and there's cool things happening like a year ago christopher paulini got all of his fans on twitter to start a twitter campaign to try and convince disney to redo uh, an aragon adaptation mm -hmm. because the first one sucked <laughs> and a couple months ago or a few months ago, Disney announced that they're starting a live action series for Aragon. And, you know, we could talk about things like that, just that are happening in the industry. Um, so I don't know. I think that could all fall under like current events of fiction. Okay. I think we should also spend time just talking about our own journeys as writers like, you know, we're starting off as MFA students, you've written a novel, we'll continue on things like that, too. So I think a lot of what we what we explore should maybe be looked at from that direction. Like, hey, yeah. you know, as people who are interested in doing this down the road, these are our thoughts, and this is what's going on, and this is what we think, is, you know, et cetera, et cetera. What do you think? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so like a topic is, you know, current events and the perspective, the lens through which we're exploring that includes our background and our experience and expertise. Is that what you were saying, kind of? Yeah. 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 And, okay. you know, I, I think, it, I think you know, us talking about 
our experience as MFA students should be fair game too. Yeah. And our experience as new writers, I mean, it should all be, it should all be fair game. Yeah. So maybe another topic that we could address then um, is not necessarily like a writing advice podcast, but more of like, as, you know, experts, because when we have an MFA in it, we're going to be experts, (laughs) as experts of fiction. And so, you know, sharing like, the art mm-hmm. and craft of storytelling and creating worlds and that kind of thing more from like the artistic point of view. Um, you know, it's that kind of stuff that like hardcore fantasy fans really love when an author like dives deep into how their world was created, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and, and do that and explore that. Um and so instead of a, a writing podcast about writing, it can be a um, fiction, f- fantasy, speculative fans podcast about writing. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I think that goes well. Like if our topic is we're experts of fiction, then that you know, includes this, like, going through current events and sharing our opinions about the current events. I will admit I'm a little nervous about calling myself an expert in anything. I know, me too. (laughs) (laughs) We don't necessarily have to use that word. We can, like, find another way of saying it. Sure. Um, Scholars of fiction or... Students. um, Students of fiction. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Lifelong students like of fiction. Students of fiction. Yeah, I like that. Because it, it, it's not just imposter syndrome for me. I think it's also kind of hubris for anyone to claim they're an expert of fiction because it's so dynamic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, lifelong students just makes more sense to me in general, not just for us, but in general. Okay, I think that I think that is broad enough to give us some freedom yeah. while being specific enough that we can answer in one or two sentences what our podcast is about okay yeah i mean we could literally just say you know well i guess it depends on who asks and when and how we're feeling um and who they ask but yeah i think uh i think just talking about speculative fiction as students lifelong students of fiction is a really good kind of buzz for that yeah great yeah i like it yeah almost like the podcast listeners are getting a peek into a um, not a classroom, but a discussion that is purpose is to enrich understanding of fiction and different elements that go into writing fiction. Yeah. You know, plus they just get a, a backdoor, a backstage look at our careers. Yeah. Yeah. Backstage. Careers. Okay. Yeah, I feel like this is cohesive. Yeah. I might try and write something up that sums this all up in like a pitch and add it to our description and we can have that kind of in our back pocket ready to go for any sort of like putting it on our website and including a pitch on our website for it. Okay. um, That kind of thing. 
Okay. The only thing left on my to-do list is to um, get a list of 10 to 20 topics um, to cover. I think everything else is ready to go. Okay. Um, well, TV adaptations. Yeah, so and since it's one prepared host, I can just come up with those by myself. I already have a list of TV adaptations, but um, I have a list started for topics outside of the TV adaptation okay. um, series. So I'm, I'm going to work on that and get a bunch of ideas out there. I feel like we shouldn't do all the TV adaptation ones in a row. Yeah. They should be like sprinkled in. Yeah, absolutely. So it's not a, it won't be a series for our listeners. It'll be like a recurring theme. Um, it just might be one where we might record like three of, of those ones in a row before we do something else, but then release them more scattered. Sure. Um, but yeah. That is everything. I think giving people an, um, you know, like an inside look at the different processes, like, you know, let's do uh, an hour on or whatever it is, an hour on uh, workshopping, an hour on uh, outlining, or, you know, maybe we take two topics and put them together if we don't think, if you don't think there'll be enough for an hour or however long we decide to have this. I have no idea. We didn't talk about that. Oh, yeah, we do need to decide that. How long are our podcasts? Um, I feel like it needs to be at least 45 minutes to be a thorough discussion of any of these topics that we want to go over. Okay. I think they all need their due time yeah but maybe if we did you know decided 45 minutes and if there was a topic that was meatier then we could do a part one and a part two okay i think that all sounds great to me okay 45 minutes and we can you know we can collect data as time goes on about what's doing well and if like the longer two-parters do better or worse than the shorter just 45 minute segments and um, we can adjust as we go based on how our audience is receiving it. It's funny because I've been watching Only Murders in the Building have you heard of that? It's a on Amazon Prime. Yes, it's on Amazon Prime. Um, but it's about these three characters who live in the same apartment building. Oh, yeah. Who, yeah, they're like big true crime podcast fans. And then there's a death in the building that's made to look like suicide, but they are pretty sure it was murder. And so they create their own podcast trying to solve this murder that happened in their building. And it's been funny watching that when I'm in the middle of also starting a podcast and like hearing things like, yay, we have seven followers. (laughs) That's going to be us. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Yes. One follower. (laughs) Yeah, I've already got some uh, friends and D&D people who are like, oh, we're, we're definitely going to listen. I'm like, oh, that's so nice. Yay. And, and I-, I know Max's D&D groups are, you know, they're fantasy nerds. I mean, obviously they're in D&D, but um, they would probably at least try out an episode. Yeah. Yeah. I know at least one, no, actually two, two people in his D&D group would would listen for sure you know talking about um even if we have to get a guest or two on for this you know talking about like fantasy's influence on D and then D's influence on fantasy 
might be really yeah. good, or RPGs in general, you know, and their influence with speculative fiction. Yeah, I mean, we could cover D and D. We could cover Pathfinder, like Call of Cthulhu. We could cover the yeah. the card games and, and oh, yeah. the, all their varieties. Um, there's a lot of material. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, did I did, or did you see the message I sent in the group chat about Brandon Sanderson's books? If you didn't see it, I'll just tell you now. I don't remember. Um, I I took my son to an intake at a horse therapy facility for therapeutic horseback riding. We're going to try that for him. Okay. Um, and in the viewing area for the arena, there is like probably 15 of Brandon Sanderson's novels all lined up. And I was like, huh, are you guys Brandon Sanderson fans? Like thought it was kind of funny. It was the only books in there and it was all Brandon Sanderson. And um, she said, Oh, well he donated those to us when he donated a, a horse. And his charitable foundation is one of the sponsors of this horse ranch. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. That's incredible. Yeah. It was pretty cool. But then I was like, I feel like we might, between the two of us, have enough connections with him that maybe someday we could have him as a guest. Yeah. Which would be, I mean... That would be the point where I'm like, I made it. (laughs) (laughs) I made it as a podcaster. Brandon's on. (laughs) Or just like as a respected member of the author community, you know, just like I'm, I'm official. (laughs) He's so part of the conversation. He's so neat about that. A friend of mine at Jordan Con was uh, getting him to sign an autograph. Um, Autograph one of his books. And he wrote, someday you'll be signing a book for me. Yeah. And I mean, he's just, he's so, my experience with him has always been, he's so warm and he's so giving. Um, you know, we talked hours at different times about role-playing games, about, um, you know, the Lovecraftian mythos or the the Cthulhu mythos, because it's so much beyond, it's so far beyond Lovecraft, which I think saves it because he was such a, a terrible person in so many ways. Yeah. But then again, there's also a lot of evidence that he mellowed out as he got older. You know, marrying a Jewish woman probably helped get him out of his shell a bit. (laughs) Uh, But yeah. Yeah, everything I've heard about Brandon, it's just that he's great to work with and just a good person. And I mean, he donates horses to horse ranches that provide therapy for addicts and children with developmental disabilities and um neurological he uh diversities he was also part of a kickstarter uh i forget who they did it for but it was to benefit somebody and it's like alternate perspectives and it's like Mm -hmm. these writers did different versions of their books you know, like different mm. chapters or something like that. And yeah. um, I I have it sitting on my shelf. You can imagine I haven't read it because yeah. <laughs> I tend to read the, you know, the same, you know, 15 books. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's pretty neat. I mean, um, oh gosh, maybe it was for Dave. Far- was it Dave Farland? His son was in a, re- uh, a really nasty accident, had a TBI, a really bad TBI. Mm. And so I think they were trying to raise, it might've been them trying to raise money for him. Um, or that okay. could have been something different entirely. And this was to raise money for mental health, somebody dealing with a mental health crisis. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Yeah. The fact that he, when his um, Kickstarter was funded beyond anyone's expectations, <laughs> that he said, I'm going to fund everyone's publishing kickstarters that are on kickstarter right now yeah anything to do with publishing i'm gonna donate enough that they get funded yeah that was so cool because 
It wasn't like, oh, I'm this big guy celebrity doing this, you know, getting these millions of dollars on Kickstarter, but it's unattainable and I am the king looking down at you peasants. It was like, (laughs) no, this is for everyone. This is expanding our idea of publishing and showing there's other avenues besides using Amazon KDP and um, things like uh, Ingram Spark that we don't have to give them all the power, yeah. right? And he sh- proved that that's really what he was about when he was turned around and said, "Okay, I'm going to fund all of these other Kickstarters. Like this is for everyone." Yeah, uh, a Jordan yeah. Con buddy, uh, Milton Davis. He's the one that I mentioned is one of the big reasons I'm I'm you know, going down this path. So blame him. Um, he, uh, <laughs> he talks about stuff like that all the time. And he's just yeah. so incredible. He's like, you know, take back the power, hold your power because, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to be the best steward of your own career. Nobody else is going to care about it as much as you. He's yeah. right. I mean, yeah. I picked up, um, I picked up Still Alice. I don't know if you've heard of that one. It's a, they made a movie out of it. Um, but it's about a woman with early onset Alzheimer's. And it's really famous for being one of the most successful self-published, like, more contemporary upmarket fiction. Um, she self-published it in 2007. And then I believe Simon and Schuster picked it up in 2009 because it did so well, sold a million copies, New York Times bestseller. Nice. Um, so I, I picked this up because I was like, okay, this is a good case study for me to show that a book that's a comp title for my book is could be successful with self-publishing. Right. Um, and I, you know, reading it, I totally was just like disregarded the studying part put my highlighter aside and just let myself enjoy reading it because it was so yeah. good. Um, she's an, it's Lisa Genova and she's a neuroscientist, um, has a PhD from Harvard and everything. Um, and I think she was in her like thirties when she wrote this. So she, you know, her professional career had been in, in neuroscience and that definitely helped. Um, and her connections with Harvard helped, but, I mean, she writes it like she, it, it, it didn't read like a debut. Right. It, she wrote it like she had a real understanding of story and how to tell a story. Yeah. Um, which was great. But in the back, there's this interview that she did. And one of the questions was, what's your advice for authors? And she said, there's this horrible place that writers get stuck in when you've finished your book. And it's done and you're ready to send it out into the world. But you're stuck in the finding someone to pick it up, someone who wants it. And her advice was just self-publish. Get it out there. If you feel like it's ready for the world, then send it out into the world yourself. And don't wait around for somebody to, to do it for you. Just do it on your own. Yeah. And that was like really validating for me Yeah, that that's the advice she gives when, you know, it, it, I'm like, see, people do want to read these kinds of books and you can find that audience in the indie market and her, you know, saying that she, you know, she didn't regret doing it that way and that she advises other people to do it that way too. Um, yeah. Was it was nice. It was cool. Yeah. It was I mean, that's really what Milton says all the time. And he's not the only one, mm-hmm. but he's the big one for me. Um because he posts yeah. he'll post something pretty much every day, sometimes multiple times a day, that's like, This is where I'm at, or this is what I'm thinking. These are my thoughts about this. And he's been doing it for like fifteen years. He runs his own small press, um, mostly publishes his, himself, his own works. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he's done some 
he's in one of the Black Panther anthologies. Um, he's done some really great stuff. He's a neat guy. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I love the writing community. Yeah, it's one of the better professional communities I've been involved with for sure. Well, and it, it's so important. Like you know, in class, we we talk about being a good member of the writing community. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, Brandon and Milton and um, other people, Gerald Coleman is another one. They're all examples of this. Yeah. Um, you know, Neil. Uh, Neil has come out swinging to defend other writers. You know, yeah. is like, no, absolutely not. And, you know. He uses his platform for good all the time. More than he uses it to promote himself. Yeah. He's using it to promote other people yeah. and defend other people and, you know, just like defend good things in general that don't even have anything to do with writing. Yeah. Um, one of the first conversations I remember with Brandon was him talking. Part of the conversation was about Neil and he was like, Neil comes in like a rock star and he's got all these people and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, but now, obviously, he wouldn't know me for anything. Like, he has no idea who I am. I'm like, I get it. Now I wonder, yeah. you know, I, I, I wonder how much of a splash Brandon has made within the other writing. Community, oh, yeah. You know? I He definitely knows who he is. Even if it was just the Kickstarter yeah. that did it, there's no way he can't know yeah. who Brandon Sanderson is now. Yeah. He, Brandon's just really put himself forward in the writing community and become a i mean an icon really yeah. of the writing community he's so involved yeah i i think one of the things he said was one of the things he loved about the writing community is writers are very casual with one another it's not mr king it's steven it's not mr gaiman or gaiman it's neil and things like that and um and just how supportive of one another most of them are you get some bad yeah. apples but Everybody knows who they are pretty quickly. Yeah. J.K. Rowling. (laughs) (laughs) It's just so heartbreaking because that series meant so much to so many people. And yet the entire time there were these huge issues that most of us just never thought about. Well, yeah, because we were kids when we were reading them. Yeah. But and yeah. but there were people who were trying to tell us, hey, there are problems from the very beginning. And and there are still people that I have a lot of love and respect for who adore her writing. And I'm like, okay, I get it. Um, yeah, there's also the people who are trying to reclaim it and what it meant to the readers yeah. as something separate from, from her yeah. intentions and her ideologies and i think that's pretty cool that you know this this world became something that belongs to everyone and people are are reclaiming it as yeah as something good well it's you know stephen king when he published uh his latest book fables which is already um option for movie of course like within a day or two of being published (laughs) of course um but stephen you know, is, is, is like that about um, Lovecraft. And he's like, you know, he's, he's one of the foundations for my writing. And if he hadn't, if it hadn't been for Lovecraft, a lot of horror writers wouldn't be in the business now. Yeah. So, and, and he's as socially aware as just about anybody I've ever encountered. I mean, he just, he knows his stuff and he's so warm and he's so open um, from what I've seen. Yeah, that's definitely a topic we could yeah we could do a whole episode on yeah. or even a two parter yeah. about you know the the morals and ethics of some of these authors who have created these infamous works or just famous works yeah. and you know reconciling that a bad person can tr- contribute something value of value. Yeah. And you're allowed to take that value without, you know, holding that not so great person on a pedestal. Yeah. Yeah. 
you know, for some of these that we've talked about, you're going to have to give it a while so I forget about them since I'm not taking notes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm sure that won't be a problem. I'll just, <laughs> we'll just, you know, give you time to finish out this term and your brain will be completely filled with yeah. that horrible business of writing class. <laughs> it's yeah. so frustrating. It, it, I really think they need a third certificate. So yeah. if anybody's listening to this later and they're like, what the hell are they talking about? Um, JS and I are at um, Southern New Hampshire University's MFA program online, MFA in creative writing online. And there's two certificate paths. There's online teaching and professional studies. Jess, you went online teaching, didn't you? Yes. Okay. But I, they, you still have to take the business of writing yeah. for the online teaching. <sighs> okay. Yeah. Well, now I'm it's even more It's a requirement frustrated. for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. So the business of writing class is like, oh, this is, these are the kinds of jobs you can get with a, um, with a liberal arts degree, and this is how you write a, a, uh, a resume, and and it's just like, okay, a lot of us are coming from other careers already. Like, come on, yeah. and it's just it's. Yeah. You know, the professor is doing as good as she can for in my, you know, in my class. It's just a terrible class. And I think they need a third. I think they need a third and maybe even a fourth certificate path. Absolutely. And I, I think every program has that dreaded course in it, right? Yeah. I mean, this is, none of this is to say that SNHU isn't a great school. It's a, it's a great school and this program is a great program, but um, that doesn't mean that there aren't things to criticize as well. Absolutely. I have learned so much doing this, this program. And I mean, it's just, it's been amazing. And even when I, when I, the times that I do actually sit down and write, I have been like, oh, my my concept of writing, my process, everything has changed so much. Mm-hmm. So I have this little tiny notebook and it's always in my back pocket and it is my notes for my thesis. So it's got pages of this is how I want to do this. This is how I want to work this. I did my outline in it with my buddy when we sat down one day in our local gaming store and we outlined my book and re-outlined his. So that's awesome. Yeah. It's just amazing. Um, Mostly I do that because my memory is so terrible. (laughs) Yeah. Mine too. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's a good program. Yeah. Um, I think what makes their MFA program stand out from others is that it takes the cerebral and it brings it down to earth and reality and you actually get a roadmap for how to be an author, how to have a successful career as a writer, whereas a lot of other programs, I think are just a lot more cerebral and you don't necessarily go away knowing exactly what you need to do. And I mean, it's cool because I'm taking this building a platform, like finding your audience class while I'm preparing to launch my book. And it's like the things I'm working on to get my, a website and all of my outreach materials ready are happening at the same time as we're working on them in the course. And this course is actually like going to make my book launch happen with the things that it's teaching me how to do. And that's just really cool. I think. Yeah. It's been pretty amazing. Um, One of the big things I've taken from it is actually helping other authors. Like I would not do any of this for pay because I can't hold to a schedule for anything, um, which is something if I ever get published with the the traditional path, I'm going to have to work on. Um, But, you know, I I have a friend, again, a, a Jordan Con friend who was like, hey, this this book is a mess. 
And I reached out to her immediately. It was like, I will be happy to do whatever I can. So I now have um, the second in a series to read um, once I catch up on some homework this week. Yeah. Uh, I will start. Um, I think she said she needs it by the end of next month, but I need to not put that off. Yeah, I, I ran into a woman at my daughter's ballet class and I was working on proofreading or something. It came up that I was a, a writer and she's like, oh, I've, I've self-published some books. And she's like, but you know, there nothing's happened with them. They just are like out into the void. And I was like, oh, well, you need this and this and this. Like she didn't have a website or any socials, yeah, um, no outreach. And I, you know, just ran down with her like, yeah, this is how you build a platform. And, and this is what you got to do here. And, and, you know, there's things you can do when you're launching the book to to get momentum, like doing a Kickstarter. Yeah. Even if you don't need the overhead, you can use it as a tool for pre-ordering. Yeah. And that's a great marketing tool. Yeah. Um, and so it was cool to just, like, see, like, yeah, this is every writer's problem. You know, you self-publish and it just, it, it goes into the void. Yeah. <laughs> and there's things you can do to stop that from happening yeah yeah it's been pretty amazing studying like there's only one way to say this the business of writing which is not what the class is about at all no (laughs) Um, so yeah it's it's been really amazing and and to see how it all lines up with people who run small presses that i know or you know, self-published yeah. writers and all this other stuff. And it's like, oh, this totally validates what the program is saying. Mm-hmm. The other cool thing they do is they give thesis three students. So thesis three is the capstone, your final course. And they mm-hmm. give those students the opportunity to pitch their books to actual agents. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And I, I think there was a couple last year or at this last graduation cycle that happened um that got book deals or at least got full manuscript requests from these agents nice and with this market right now that is invaluable yeah having a connection that's more than just sending a query email is honestly the way to go right now yeah and the only other place you can get that is at conventions. And at a convention, you've got a lot of people who are trying to make that connection. And and this one is, you know, SNHU set it up, and you have your time to pitch it, and you can you can be seen. They give you the platform to be seen by an agent, which is really cool. Yeah, that's amazing. I had no idea. So again, anybody listening to this, uh, JS is our prepared host. I am not. I sometimes <laughs> just kind of bill, uh, billiard ball through life and um, just hopefully it works out. Yeah, it just plays on our strengths. You know, yeah. I'm a I'm a planner and, yeah. and you're really good at bouncing off of of other people's ideas and um, playing off of other people, I feel yeah. like. So it just plays to our strengths. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. And yeah, I will agree with you. You're fantastic at the planning and stuff. There are times I'm like, how did she figure that out? Oh yeah. She doesn't have her head up her ass and she, she she spent time working on it. Wow. What a thought. Gosh. Wish I had done that. The whole job that I just interviewed for today, it's at SNHU and it's uh, an administrative assistant for academics the academic support team oh nice um and it's all organization and like data entry and i'm like this is right up my alley writing emails communicating with students coordinating between students and peer mentors and i'm like yeah this is my vibe yeah yeah you're (laughs) gonna be so good at that yeah i think it went well so fingers crossed They are interviewing other people, obviously, but hopefully. 
I I think that as we move forward with both of our writing careers and this podcast and things like that, we're definitely going to have to hire in some people, hopefully. Yeah. So um, I've got a friend again, a Jordan Con connection, um, who does really good um, basic marketing stuff. So mm-hmm. I was like, hey, can you help with like, you know, social media posts and all that stuff? And she said, yeah. So I, I, I think that, you know, a group of us coming together and hiring or part time might like make a lot of sense. Yeah. So. And, you know, maybe like going in together on one of those social media managers. Yeah. Um, so that whoever we hire can manage all the social media from one yeah. place, yeah. like Hootsuite, that kind of thing. Yeah. I'm trying to get Buffer to work for me. Um, but I think we might go with an open source and host it ourselves, but I'll let you know how that is. Okay. I think hosting it, it, Max said should be like 14 a month or something. So not, I mean, a lot cheaper than the paid plans Yeah. of, you know, like Hootsuite and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll let you know how that goes. Cool. I got to get ready to pick my daughter up from school. Yeah. I've got, I've got a a bladder I have to empty. So this is a good time. (laughs) 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 Biology calls. Yeah. Yeah. Bio break time. So, okay. My my biological uh, seed (laughs) and your, and your biological needs. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, have a good one and uh, let's keep in touch and let's get ready for next week. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Maybe we'll record an episode next week. Yeah. I'm all for it. As long as I have time to set the the recorder up first. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I won't have a job interview next week, so we can start a bit earlier too. Oh, cool. That'll work. All right, then. Take care. Have a great week. See ya. Bye. This has been We're Lying, But That's Okay. Big thanks to our listeners for your support. If you enjoyed this podcast, leave us a review. Thank you to our one-man production and tech support team, Max Garrity, for making this podcast possible. 